Welcome to Day Zero Update for September 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logi. And I'm Brandon Parkin. Yeah, a bit of a light crew this week. I believe Dan Reb is in Chicago, so yep. uh, we'll see him next week. Yeah, uh, he's but probably meeting now, Teresa right now as we're speaking. <laughs> I think he's getting ready for the uh, pay-per-view. Ah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we will have a bunch of news here this week. Uh, a bunch of dates of games that are coming here in the near future. Mm-hmm. A big new event that is happening later this week. Yep. Uh, let's see. News about when the next edition of Windows will be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully to improve gaming. I don't know. Yep. We'll see. Yeah, um, I hope. <laughs> we got the, the next Nintendo game that's coming out mm-hmm. uh, later this year as well as some other stuff to check out here uh, at some point next year. Mm-hmm. And a couple of fun little stories here. And one person decided today to put his company's name on a lot of people's uh, checklist. <laughs> yeah. Um, we got a couple more things there, some small shows that happen. We won't really dive deep into what all is shown, but we'll talk about a few things there. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's kind of that. So uh, before we get to the news itself, uh, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, uh, one of the big ones here is Lake, hmm. a game I talked about a little while ago as one of the, the demos I checked out. Hmm. Uh, I picked up the full release since that happened here on the first, though I just got to playing it today as I hmm. streamed a good two hours or so of it. Uh, that is a game that takes place in... I think September of 1986. So, uh, and your character is named Meredith. She has been working at this computer company, mm-hmm. uh, especially on this project called Addit, which is like a, a journal kind of service kind of thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sort of is taking a two week vacation to go back home to, I think it's Providence Oaks, Oregon. Mm-hmm. That is, as the title would suggest, is centered around the lake. Uh, there is, you're kind of going back to uh, take over for your father's job, who is a uh, postal worker mm-hmm. that is taking a, I'm guessing, a long overdue vacation for two weeks. So you somehow come to this weird arrangement that you take over for. Uh, his job mm-hmm. for two weeks that I feel like is a thing that maybe could have happened then, but definitely wouldn't happen now, especially as like a government job. And I don't, I don't know how that would work. Be like, Oh, mm. my kid's going to do my job and take <laughs> over for me instead of the other people that work here. Mm. Uh, though I only, I've only met one other person that works there. Who's the, another like old guard that is, you know, introduces you. Mm-hmm. to the basics of what's going on here. So, uh, but yeah, uh, each morning you go start your job, you drop off uh, letters and packages, the packages you have to get out of the back of your truck, uh, the letters you can just walk up to them. So you're trying to devise a route to do it. There's no real semi parts of it as far as like worrying about gas or a time limit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's even 
damage really that you can take, even though you one of the first people you meet is a, a mechanic mm. that is running, you know, the car shop there that you is the daughter of the longtime mechanic. Mm-hmm. Who I guess is retired and let his 16 year old daughter run it for some reason. There's a lot of weird stuff going on in this town. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so as you're delivering uh, letters and packages, you might run into people that start, you know, actually talking to you. Uh, one of the first people is a woman named Mildred who has, who is a cat lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Partic- particularly has a cat called Genevieve that she describes as being a cat that she keeps and when it dies she gets another cat and names it Genevieve. <laughs> so she describes terms like oh that was two Genevieves ago. Uh a weird way. <laughs> and so you get a package for her that is clearly a teddy bear that's wrapped in you know wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. Uh which I mentioned and she's like, well, aren't you nosy? It's like she's like, I have eyes and fingers, I can see what it is. Mm. Uh but then the next day when you uh, take this on, you are end up uh, uh, she's like, oh uh, there's something going on wrong with my cat Mortimer. That's mm-hmm. uh, and it's already in like a pet carrier. It makes a real weird noise like a, a meow, but it's it's like a long it, it goes on for a little while. It's like, oh, I, I just started cracking up. It's like, that's a pretty good meow, but it's also labored. Anyway, it's like this cat's fucked up. Mm. And you take over to this guy that's running like the the boat shack uh, for people to like go out on the lake and do that stuff. Uh, I guess he is also a veterinarian of sorts. Mm. But she tells you that like, oh, she gives cupcakes to her cats. So you can relay back to her like, he says, stop giving her cupcakes. Uh, you know that kind of shit. Uh, but there's been some of the the later days I've been doing. I think I got four days in uh, so far of the two weeks. And the the neat thing is you can, if you get buddy-buddy with some of the people, you can uh, schedule like a hangout session. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's not Persona style where it's like, oh, there's a limited amount of slots to do things in. Uh, It seems like so far everybody I've, you know, done a hangout with, I could uh, do that and do other stuff. Because uh, every night you get uh, options like, oh, watch TV, read a book. Uh, if you get uh, stuff from uh, stuff to do from other people, you'll be able to do that stuff as well. Uh, as much as she's trying to do a vacation, her job keeps, her boss, I guess, keeps calling. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I need you to do this or that. I'm, I want to tell him off so much. Because, like, fuck off, Steve. We're on vacation. Uh, leave us alone. But he sends some stuff in. It's like, oh, I'll do that this one night. And I think it still might have let me watch something uh, after that. Which the the show that always seems to be on is called Bon Appetit. Mm-hmm. With like, it's a sitcom with people that have French names. And they go Henri and Jean-Paul. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Uh, don't really hear much of it, but just get little brief snippets of stuff and uh, the other neat thing is there's a uh, a video rental store run by a girl named Angie who's not from town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
she's from out of town, so she's kind of talking about, you know, uh, adjusting to a, you know, a small, slow town after uh, living in a big city. Uh, and she starts naming off a bunch of weird things that the, the store is full of these fake movies that are just spoofs of real movies. You know, there's Back to the Present. There's the Thermomator. Instead of the Terminator, uh, there's Ghost Blasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of these movies. There's a lot of them there. Probably at least like 15 to 20 different ones. But then at a certain point, she comes up with this idea for uh, having you deliver movies to people around town. Mm-hmm. And those are actual movies like Jaws, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Love Bug, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is weird that the, you go to actual movie titles, but not uh, for the store. Hmm. Uh, she's a fun little character. And you run into people from your past, you know, deal with uh, that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of neat little writing in this. Maybe the only real negative I have about the game is it's not the most technically proficient kind of game out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, occasionally saw cars that just spawned just for far enough away that if I wasn't paying attention, I might not have noticed that it just popped in out of nowhere. Mm. Uh, but they do that and they're not great drivers. So if I pull off to the side of the road, they're not like, Oh, I'll drive around. There's like something's in my way. I cannot move. I will stay mm. here until, uh, the offending blockage moves, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. There's been a couple of weird camera things occasionally, just small stuff that doesn't really affect the quality of the game, just like, oh, this is a little weird. Uh, but yeah, also, when you you can turn on autopilot, so if you don't want to drive somewhere, you can have it do it for you, uh, which drives about as well as the AI drivers do. Mm. Uh, so I let it do that the one time, and it took a real... Uh, uh, wide turn. It was kind of like crashing into the side railing, at least, like clipping through it in a weird way. That I was like, all right, I'm not going to chance this. I don't think there's any like damage to the vehicle, but I wasn't going to sit here and try it out, test it out kind of thing. But yeah, it's pretty nice. It's, I think, on Xbox and Steam. So you can check that out. Uh, seems like a nice little narrative adventure kind of game. Mm. Uh, with a, a nice little chill game. People that want that, so that's definitely worth uh, checking out if that interests you. Mm. I'm going to p- keep playing that. Maybe I'll stream it some more. Uh, but yeah, i uh, also been playing some more Rocket League, working on uh, some of that stuff for this week, the missions and all that, so uh, still kind of keeps going. Uh, let's see, I've played more Psychonauts too. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished up the uh, the casino level, or at least the got through the the, the first big boss of the game, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, the way they kind of build up some unique mechanics uh, for this uh, area is pretty well done. Uh, so this kind of area is based on the mind connection mechanic, which when you first do it uh, to your teacher, that is the teacher of the intern program. She is you kind of. Uh, connect different thoughts, and that'll cause some fun little things. Uh, and you get a little dialogue for each of the connections you make. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the main thing to do is connect uh, risk and money, because she is very averse to risk. Uh, and also is very concerned about 
uh, the psychonauts, I guess, being in financial trouble. So you uh, do this. She's like, well, we're, we can go to a casino, make lots of money, uh, solve all our problems. And that cascades into this, all these bad connections being made to a way that's, you know, uh, Raz is very much like, oh, shit, I fucked up mm. big time. Uh, so you kind of get to the the next area at the casino, uh, find a way f- to get back into her mind to try to fix things up, uh, which you see, you know, areas that you're, you went in the first time are now kind of got a tinge of casino to them. Uh, I think there's like a fire hydrants that spew out water, but it's now it's covered in like neon mm-hmm. and the water is like neon, you know, lights that are blinking, that kind of stuff. Uh, but once you get inside the, the whole crux is kind of this, you know, thing where you're trying to go and, you know, save her. And she's like, Oh, this is the high rollers room. Uh, you need three gazillion dollars, which you go to these three different, uh, areas that, uh, you know, you do the right things. You get uh, a gazillion, a chip that is worth a gazillion dollars. Mm-hmm. So you do all three rooms, that kind of stuff. Uh, but you get some chances to do some mind connection there. Which are pretty good uh, for some little fun stuff, uh, but they do some interesting mechanics throughout. So maybe the one issue I have is the the like pure platforming areas where there's like no floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to get knocked off in ways that I think is a bit too frustrating. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if the there's an option for turning off fall damage, but I don't know if that would work in any you know a uh, floorless room. Mm-hmm. versus just being in some of the other areas where you know you can get pretty high up and drop down, you lose a little health. I don't know if that fixes the same thing for those kind of areas, but uh, there's one particular area where there's lots of mines that if you get in close contact, you'll set them off, and if you don't get out of the way, it kind of pushes you off, mm-hmm. and it pushes you you know further away than the platform is big. So it's like if you're not necessarily used to dealing with them, uh, that might be an issue that gets quite persistent, and I had to restart mm. one of the areas because I, you know, it was a little yeah. health each time. Uh, so just dealt with it just enough that it's like, oh, I'm dead. I got to restart the. <laughs> Luckily, it doesn't restart you the whole area, but I had to restart that whole section over again. Uh, luckily, which wasn't too bad, but it's still kind of an annoyance for a game that's trying to be uh, accessible, and I feel like that stuff maybe takes too much health or. Mm. Maybe that one option covers it, and it just didn't seem like it was. So that's been that. Uh, so I'm going to definitely be putting some more time into it. But yeah, looking forward to checking out. Uh, but also playing some more Genshin Impact now that Aloy is in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also gave out enough of some of the other currencies that I could get a a good 10-wish thing in and got mm-hmm. a new character out of that. Uh, the girl that is like Tanuki themed mm-hmm. how she's uh, very short. Mm-hmm. She wields like a big, uh, big sword kind of thing. So mm-hmm. that seems neat to go along with Aloy, who is a, uh, a cryo. Yeah. Ice uh, type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the other girl I got is Animo. Mm-hmm. My first alternate for that, which is the wind mm. uh, power. Uh, Cause other, that's what your main character is. Mm. Uh, so she's the 
the first like alternate of that one while whereas all the other elements i have multiple people in them i think except for maybe geo i'm not sure if i have a geo yet but uh basically jumped in on that uh checked out some of the event stuff that's going on which is the same as the usual event stuff that's going on mm-hmm. where it's like oh go do the four daily things then go you know uh make some food Mm-hmm. And then go do some of these other events, and then like one more thing. It's like four main goals for the day. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that every day, you'll earn you know special unlocks by the end of the event. Mm. So I haven't really got invested in that event, but uh, the other stuff been pretty good. So that's been it for me, Brandon. How about you? Well, uh, I've been still playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I finished Mass Effect 2 um, last night, in fact. Uh, so I am uh, going to be starting up Mass Effect 3, you know, and finishing off the trilogy. Um, which is going to be interesting because there's actually, like, some of the DLC for Mass Effect 3 I never actually got. So there's actually going to be some new stuff I'm going to be experiencing here uh also um so i i guess and i think we talked about this on the show a few shows back but there's a really obscure easter egg in mass effect 3 that apparently had gone like completely undiscovered for like over a decade it's the one where you walk a certain pattern through like the radar relays and then you look down over the cliff and you'll see the Mars rover, you know, come over the horizon. Uh, it's still in the game. It's in legendary edition. So <laughs> it's, uh, that's pretty neat. Um, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> with that, uh, t- t- sort of taken care of, I'm going to, I sort of went back and did a little bit of Genshin impact as well. Um, Mostly I wanted to, because I haven't played it as much, because, you know, mostly it's been Mass Effect and the other thing I've been playing. But, yeah, I uh, played that. I uh, decided, I was like, you know what, I want to see how the fishing works in this game. Have you done the fishing yet? No. Okay, yeah. What's your adventure level? I'm like 24, 25, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you have to be like 35 or above in order to do the fishing, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, Cause there's a, like another quest involved that you have to take care of. It's the, uh, the teapot one. And yeah, there's like, there's other things you have to do before you can do it. But basically, um, the fishing in the game essentially works a lot like the fishing in Stardew Valley. Um, you, Essentially, you know, have like your target reticle for your fishing rod um, that, you know, aim at a particular part in the body of water where there are fish. And you put it there towards the fish and you wait until you get a bite. And when the bite happens, you have that sort of a little meter that sort of goes up and down. But you have to keep the, uh, the green inside of the little border so that, you know, it'll stay hooked to the fish and, you know, it won't either, you know, you won't either break the line or it'll get away. Um, and of course, because this is Genshin Impact, uh, there are recipes specifically to make fish bait. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, 
And I still have not gotten Aloy yet, but I will. I am bound and freaking determined to. Um, uh, all I have to do is just load up your mail. Yeah. I failed to do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'll do that. Uh, and uh, because I've got a, a PS Now subscription, um, I decided, you know, it had been a long time since I had played them. And I decided, you know, it's, it might be a good time to go back and pre-play uh, the original Uncharted trilogy. Um, those games, you know, the, the, those were the, uh, uh, you know, after, um, you know, Naughty Dog made the transition over from PS2 to PS3, that was their, uh, pretty much their primary bread and butter, uh, pretty much, other than, you know, Last of Us, which, you know, came in at the tail end of that, but, um, you know, those games, even though they're from the PS3 era, they still shockingly hold up incredibly well, um, they're still really intuitive. The graphics, although the graphics have noticeably aged a bit, it's not so much that you would mistake it for something ancient. It's actually still fairly modern looking, oddly enough. Um, and yeah, those games are just those games are just a lot of fun. Um, always a lot of fun to play. Always recommend them. They don't last terribly long, but the whole experience is incredible <laughs> when you're actually playing them. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's what I've been playing. All right, so let's get to some of the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, it's a new month, September, yep. mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, but that means we have a new slate of games for you to check out on your subscription services. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get to PlayStation Plus. Uh, this month they have a pretty good selection, it seems like, uh, for mm-hmm. the PS5. There's Overcooked, All You Can Eat. Mm-hmm. That is sort of the collection version of the first two games. Yep. That includes all those maps mm-hmm. uh, and all the additional stuff they added as well to the game uh, for this uh, definitive edition to that. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple hundred levels there to test out your friendships and relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. So there's that, as well as like assist modes, uh, survival modes, practice modes, all sorts of stuff in there, uh, since they put a bit of uh, accessibility stuff into the game as well. Mm-hmm. So worth checking out there. Uh, for the PS4, there's Predator Hunting Grounds, mm-hmm. uh, the sort of asymmetrical multiplayer shooter from the team that I think did Friday the 13th. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's them. That, uh, you know, Let's one person play as the Predator, the other four play as the sort of uh, Earthlings that are hoping to hunt them down, mm-hmm. stop them, uh, do whatever. Uh, a lot of, uh, heard some good things about it. Maybe not the uh, the best game around, but mm-hmm. you got some friends to play with or whatever. You can have some fun there. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is the best game here is Hitman 2. Yep. If you have not checked out that game. If you have not checked out the more recent Hitman games, you absolutely should. <laughs> yeah, uh, the nice thing is they gave out Hitman 1 a while ago, mm-hmm. about two years ago. So if you have that as well as this, uh, you can grab the Hitman 1. Uh, it's like a Hitman 1 pack for Hitman 2 that lets you have all those maps in Hitman 2. Mm-hmm. Play them all with the upgraded stuff they did for Hitman 2. Mm-hmm. I think you can also grab 
uh, the packs for Hitman 3. Uh, if you have that, or you can grab the like free trial version. Mm-hmm. I think the check goes out as well. Uh, just excellent stealth games that are sort of secretly one of the best comedy games around. Uh, lots of good physical comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as like Easter eggs and uh, hidden stuff to find that is well worth checking out. Mm-hmm. So that is the uh, PlayStation Plus games for uh, September. Mm. Some good stuff there. Yep. Uh, let's see, games with gold. On the other side, let's see, starting on September 1st, there is Warhammer Chaos Bane, mm-hmm. which I believe is a Diablo-like. Yeah, uh, But in the Warhammer universe. And a fairly solid one, too. Yeah, so if you're looking at uh, at Diablo 2 Remaster, and you're like, well, fuck Blizzard, uh, mm-hmm. here's a good thing to play mm-hmm. in lieu of that. Yep. Uh, so there's that. Uh, see, also for Xbox One, starting September 16th, is Mulaka, mm-hmm. which is an indie game. I have played this one. It's kind of an action-adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice little style to it. Uh, we are kind of playing, I forget what the... Yeah, it's Northern Mexico, uh, like native mm-hmm. uh, indigenous culture kind of thing. The Tarahumara. Mm-hmm. Group, so there's uh, a lot of stuff based around their culture. Uh, pretty neat little game. I didn't play too much of it, but uh, it was pretty neat little games. Maybe a little rough around the edges, but it's a uh, mm. neat one to check out if you're wanting to learn a little bit more about uh, an indigenous culture of mm-hmm. Mexico. Uh, for the older stuff, see September 1st to the 15th, there is Zone of the Enders HD collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 360 collection that has the uh, two Zone of the Enders games that are yep. pretty good. Pretty yeah, good they are. they're uh, basically sort of uh, Hideo Kojima's sort of love letter to old school robot anime in game form. Yeah. And sort they're really good, yeah. project from the yeah. Metal Gear series. Yeah. Uh, let's see, starting on September 16th to the 30th, mm-hmm. Samurai Showdown 2. Yep. Uh, the sort of remaster of that game. Which is an arcade classic. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've done a collection since then of those games, haven't they? Yep. Yes, they have. Yeah, so those might be a little bit better, but uh, that's one you can play right now. Oh, not right now, but in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty decent month there. Mm. Uh, let's get to an update that is out now for a game you might own, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about them teasing the Frontiers updates. Yeah. And they're doing their uh, fifth anniversary uh, thing mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it is finally out now. Yep. I'm sure to uh, Sean Murray's delight, because there was a weird guy on Twitter that was uh, threateningly showing off mods involving Sean's face mm-hmm. on various parts of the game. <laughs> yeah. Which he tweeted from his account. like, yeah, I'm becoming increasingly more uncomfortable with these, but the one where you replace like flowers with uh, Sean Murray's face. Yeah. Uh, so that, that one was pretty good, but yeah, it is finally out now and it is a pretty big update. 
Oh yeah. Uh, they introduced uh, so they're you can do base building and that kind of stuff. Uh, occasionally run into little like uh, merchant settlements, mm-hmm. but now they're adding like actual sort of planetary settlements that are kind of like uh, you know stuff you would see in like Star Wars, yeah, uh, stuff like that where uh, you can encounter them, uh, interact with, and even be elected the overseer of. So if you're maybe not too much of a fan of building like one of your own uh, sort of elaborate base and that kind of stuff, you could mm-hmm. end up just becoming an overseer of one that's already built. Yeah. Uh, as the le- leader of your adopted people, travelers can choose to help them, even lead them, ensure their future prosperity and happiness, ultimately develop these fledgling towns into even larger towns. Uh, it will construct new buildings to see your town grow as you welcome new inhabitants. Citizens will look to you to help solve their problems, make important decisions, keep them safely below Sentinel radar radars, help defend against drone attacks. Uh, maybe a more interesting version of Fallout 4's like settlement mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, in addition to that, let's see, it brings a over, big overhaul to base building with hundreds of new base parts, advanced building controls, and a new grid menu to aid with even more fanciful constructions. Uh, yeah, so kind of building on the first big update for No Man's Sky, which just added the base building stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're kind of marking their fifth anniversary with, you know, a big expansion of that. Uh, let's see, Expedition 3 is supposed to be starting sometime soon, called mm-hmm. Cartographers. Uh, starts all players in the same place, focus on planetary mapping and exploration. Start their adventure with a technologically unique ship, which requires bespoke materials to repair. Uh, explore their starting world to escape the toxic atmosphere planet Gisto Major. I'm sure that's going to have some sort of special uh, prize at the end. Like the last one that had the uh, Normandy from Mass Effect in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cool. As their 17th major update in five years, basically about one every eight weeks on average, mm. which is a crazy cadence to go for that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to jump back in and check that out. And see how that. Yeah, goes. I'm gonna have to too because I have not played that in a while, actually. Yeah, and my bases are typically like, ah, oh, here's a room, has like a save point, a little thing for, you know, storing stuff, like yeah, very basic stuff. Because uh, I just carry stuff on me in my mm-hmm. ship. Yep. Maybe the freighter if I have one. But yeah, let's get to a game that just got announced pretty recently, or at least announced uh, at a bigger scale. It's called Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember the, the big news story earlier this year of the Ever Given in the Suez Canal that got stuck for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and basically like cost the entire world a buttload of fucking money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this game is kind of based on that, but uh, silly. Mm-hmm. As you play as the boat, like it's called the whatever. Yeah. Uh, as you're kind of drifting through uh, these tight courses, past yeah. obstacles that are you know, rocks, uh, yeah. icebergs, maybe even giant monsters. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Godzilla shows up here or a reasonable facsimile yeah but yeah basically the game is 
as silly as it looks, it does one one of the serious things it does do is it essentially bases all, all of its gameplay around inertia and managing inertia. Because uh, one of the things is about piloting a boat, especially of that size, is well, you know that you know uh, Newton's laws of motion, right? You know, an object that is in motion stays in motion. Well, yeah. Boats especially have to deal with that because uh, ain't a whole lot of grip you can get out of water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why you typically don't want to do anything that might cause your ship to uh, stop being, you know, stop facing straight forward. Yeah. But this one, you got a much more agile ship. They mm-hmm. kind of just drift around like it's a, like it's a rally car. Yeah. Uh, which should provide for some fun antics there, but it's going to be going on to, or it's currently currently in early access. Mm. I don't think it's on. Oh, it's supposed to be, but they don't have it on here as being in early access. Just adding to your wish list for when it's actually released. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what the whole thing was. This article. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, you can check it out. Whenever and it joins the illustrious uh, group of games that mm-hmm. uh, have weird names that make it really hard to write about them, like everything. <laughs> so there's some good company there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, PlayStation Now is a thing uh, uh, that yeah. is getting some nice games here in the near future as they have a deal with Square Enix to add. Five new games over the next five months, one a month, mm-hmm. uh, starting with this upcoming month, September, with Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's, uh, I believe that's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, should be out on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll find out what else is coming up uh, then. Uh, next month, October is 8, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. And yeah. 9 in November. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, December is Final Fantasy X, X2 HD Remaster. Mm-hmm. And January is Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. Yep. So if you have not checked any of those games out, mm-hmm. here's a good way to get access to them. Yep. So there's that. Uh, let's see. Also coming to PlayStation here, mm-hmm. Tome. Yep. T-O-E-M, a photo adventure. Yeah, I think we saw uh, this at the... Um... One of the recent shows, didn't we? Yeah, it was Nintendo's Indie World Showcase, but it didn't right. have a date yet. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was just Steam and Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steam, Epic Game Store, Humble Store, and Switch. Now, PS5 is also going to be a platform that will be on at launch September 17th for $19.99. All right. Uh, no PS4 or Xbox versions planned at this time. Mm. So there's that. It's kind of interesting to go for the uh, PS5 over just mm-hmm. PS5 and PS4 or whatever, but it uh, looks like a really neat game. Mm-hmm. Might have to check that out, uh, but we will see. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Okay, I missed this one here, but uh, there's going to be another thing happening this week. Pretty big. Yeah. Uh, the PlayStation Showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be on Thursday, September 9th. Mm. At let's see, 1 p.m. Pacific, I think 4 p.m. Eastern time. Mm. Uh, as they say here, let's see, showcase away in at around 40 minutes, include updates from PlayStation Studios and some of the industry's most 
imaginative developers. Mm. Our games releasing this holiday and beyond. Stick around after the presentation to get more updates from some of the studio teams featured in the showcase. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing to note, PlayStation's next generation of VR won't make an appearance this time, but there will still be plenty of great PS5 games from developers large and small. Mm. We hope you can join us. So yeah, we'll we'll be able to check that out. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I'll have to see if uh, Dan Reb will be available. We might be able to co-stream it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that afternoon, so uh, we'll stay tuned on that. We'll let you know, but uh, that'll be exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Sort of first big show of the year. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else is happening here. Oh, yeah, this. Uh, so Atari is a thing. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Still. Uh, they are still making games, but mainly kind of re- remaking their old games. Yeah. Uh, they did the... Uh, what missile command game mm-hmm. a little while ago? Yeah, that was kind of a free to play thing. So you would, uh, you know, play, earn some currency, then buy upgrades to your things to slowly get better. Yeah, until you uh, owned everything or gave up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let the earth die. You know. Yeah. Uh, their next thing here is Centipede Recharged. Yeah. Uh, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. Steam Epic Game Store, as well as the Atari VCS. Yep. Uh, it'll be out September 29th for $9.99. Yeah. Yeah, reimagining as a widescreen game. Yeah. Which is a wild thing because it's a game that was very much, uh, you know, Tate mode. Mm hmm. It was, uh, uh, it was, of course, an old school 80s arcade classic and. It's important in gaming history because it was one of the first uh, major video game titles with a female developer behind it. Yeah. Uh, Donna Bailey was a co-designer and co-programmer along with Mr. Ed Logg, uh, who uh, both of them put out that game way back in the summer of 1981. Yeah. So, like, really quite literally, like, on the like the earliest days of modern gaming. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to see like a new thing. Hopefully it's good. I don't know. Uh, some of the other stuff hasn't been super great, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to see. They can't all suck. <laughs> yeah, but they could. I'll to see how this goes. See if it's more like a, a Pac-Man championship edition, mm-hmm. like a, a Galica Legions. Was not very good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Windows 11 is going to be out pretty soon, October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, along with that, they have posted a blog post sort of about all the various gaming enhancements that are going to be coming to this mm-hmm. uh, new OS uh, that will be taking some of the things that the Xbox Series X and S have been uh, doing and sort of bringing that to Windows. Yeah, uh, auto HDR. Mm-hmm. Let's see DirectX 12 Ultimate, which allows the use of DirectX ray tracing, mesh shaders, and variable rate shading, uh, so they can look uh, a good bit better mm-hmm. than what they have been using. You know, other tool sets. Uh, let's see. I think there's also the direct storage stuff being put into effect, mm-hmm. which is sort of the a means of having loading times that are much faster. Mm-hmm. And they are on you know regular Windows with an SSD, so they're closer yeah. to what the Series X and S SSDs do. So 
there's that. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a free upgrade for at least some Windows 10 users. You have to check out the blog post on that stuff. Yeah. First particular, because that stuff can be all weird, but I yeah. assume I'll be available to do that. But I'll probably let people dig around with it. Just make sure none of my programs and such that I use are going to get messed up in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, the weird thing. I don't know if you've seen how it looks. Uh, the taskbar starts from the center of the taskbar, like all your yeah. icons, versus from the left side. Yeah. Which looks real weird. Well, I mean, it's not so much weird for me because I got, you know, the search bar down here next to mine. So, you know, my icons are already kind of in the center anyway. But Yeah, but if you haven't filled it up, they start from the left side. Yeah. Versus, like, emanating from the center because... I don't know. They like like they like center align more than anything. Mm-hmm. It's like they're doing it just so it looks different. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like it's doing some neat stuff. I don't know if it's going to be uh, yeah it gives them a chance to overhaul the Windows Store <laughs> that has been a bane mm-hmm. of Windows 10 ex- existence for the past several years, especially to the degree that you know the Game Pass app is uh, not mm-hmm. great. Has lots of issues because it's built on top of that store. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how this goes, but it's going to be fun to see other people trying it out, seeing how it goes, but uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Nintendo's next big game that they haven't announced yet, at least for the West, mm-hmm. Big Brain Academy, Brain versus Brain, mm-hmm. came out December 3rd. Yeah. Uh, like the other games, you know, it's a, a learning game, sort of mm-hmm. showing it does the thing that's... Uh, is very stupid, like giving you like a brain age. It's like, oh, you solved this problem. That means your brain is young, mm-hmm. kind of thing. I've been playing a mobile game that shows lots of ads, and there's so many fucking mobile games. They're like showing your age going up and down as you solve puzzles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. Uh, but it seems like it'll let you kind of battle it out with your friends and family uh, locally, or take on random players online. Up to four players in a party mode. So yeah, some neat little stuff. I don't know how much it's going to be like a big game or just like something that uh, seems like it's going to be twenty nine ninety nine. So maybe like a cheap game that you can check out mm. uh, for that. So that's neat. All right. It says it's seven hundred and fifty megabytes. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see oh yeah this game is coming out next year mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about weird golf games for a little while now uh, oh, this yeah. one is called Cursed to Golf mm-hmm. as uh, it is a roguelike roguelite I think yep. on the PC and Switch in 2022 mm-hmm. uh, you can go onto their itch.io page for this and play like a free version mm-hmm. uh, like tech demo kind of version of it, but essentially yeah. you are a golfer that gets struck by lightning mm-hmm. that sends you to like a golf purgatory. Yeah. Where you're stuck playing golf. You're trying to get yeah. through 18 holes, but if you don't complete a hole in uh, the amount of strokes, you know, get a par or under, mm-hmm. you get zapped back to the first hole. And they're randomized. Yeah. So you kind of have to... uh Get good. Yeah. 
And it's all from a uh, side-scrolling 2D perspective, too. Yeah, it's a, a 2D golf game. Yeah. So, yeah, you are you're trying to get through 18 holes spread across four biomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might run into some areas that are like, oh, there's lots of water around here, or mm-hmm. um, normal stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff there, but you can check out yeah. that itch.io uh, page. Like mm-hmm. They even have a... Uh, browser version that you can play there. Mm. Uh, it looks pretty neat, and I think the the final game has more polish on it. Uh, but that'll be interesting to check out uh, whenever that comes out next year, mm. at some point. So there you go, another weird golf game you can keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, this thing. Uh, so yeah, when they announced the new date for Horizon Forbidden West. They also mentioned that on September 2nd that there would be pre-orders opening up for it. Mm-hmm. And sort of along with all of that, people figured out, like, oh, there's no free upgrade from the PS4 to the PS5 version uh, that had been hinted at when they talked about uh, games coming to PS4 and PS5 uh, mm-hmm. a long time ago, one of the first uh, state of plays for PS5 stuff. Mm. Uh, so people were, you know, rightfully angry. Yeah, their outrage, mm-hmm. probably not in great ways, but uh, it seems like the powers that be heard them loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Have corrected that at least for this game. Uh, also made their stance clear for the future. That's, uh, let's see, going. Yeah, I also want to confirm today that moving forward, PlayStation first-party exclusive cross-gen titles. Newly mm-hmm. released on PS4 and PS5, both digital and physical, will offer a $10 upgrade, digital upgrade, mm-hmm. from PS4 to PS5. Uh, Supply so the next God of War and Gran Turismo 7. Any other exclusive cross-gen PS4 and PS5 title published by Sony Interactive Entertainments, mm-hmm. uh, which I assume means the PS4 version will be 60 bucks and PS5 70. If you want to get the PS5 version, it only costs you 10 bucks to do that. So. I think at least being clear on that stuff is good. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of, you know, back and forth a bit on some of these, so nice of them to finally sort of be clear with people and, you know, set a standard, at least, on that stuff. So uh, there's that, as well as, you know, showing off a bunch of these uh, various versions, you know, the the standard edition, digital deluxe edition, Special editions, which like really not the special edition, I don't think, included both versions mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's like a collector's edition that includes like a nice little uh, tremor tusk mm-hmm. and Aloy statue. Mm-hmm. Or I guess they're two technically two separate statues, but the the tremor tusk looks pretty neat. Uh, that includes both. I'm not sure what the price is for that. Uh, oh, it's going to be on their their direct storefronts, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, no prices here just yet. Or no, they might be okay. Might be out by now because I assume special edition. And there's a collector's edition, I think called Regala edition. It's mm-hmm. like a really fancy. If you remember that gameplay demo, there's like the Tremor Tusk that had the the big like fort on top of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the statue you get here, which looks ridiculous. I think Herman Hulse posted a picture 
um, at least like the the early version that he got mm-hmm. that showed off, and it looks ridiculous and huge. Just because like the little Aloy statue is like the size of its like foot. Yeah. Um, he has like art cards, steel book display case, mini art books. Uh, like there's soundtrack in here. Yeah, digital soundtrack, canvas map, and cosmetic stuff and all that. So some neat stuff there. Uh, if you're willing to fork out the money for those extra additions, but mm. there's that. Luckily, they made the right decision. I figured they would uh, with all the, the stink that people were putting up there. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Marvel's Midnight Suns. Yeah. We talked about that. And that the devs were claiming that it was nothing like their previous games. We're like, how the fuck are they going to do that? Uh, but they finally shut off gameplay. And guess mm-hmm. what? It is pretty different. It's yeah. hard based. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, decks of cards that you're using for your various abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're still moving around on a grid base stuff like in XCOM, but yeah. the abilities you use are based on the the cards you have in your hand, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. they put out a trailer there so you can kind of check that out on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a look at it and like, yeah, it looks pretty neat for yeah. a pretty big budget game to be... So focus on these cards. Mm-hmm. Or it's not really grid-based. It's more uh, maybe Disgaea-based, where you're kind of moving around in a space. Yeah. Or some of the other uh, NISA games that did that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks pretty neat. It's a lot more interesting than if it was just uh, XCOM, but Midnight Suns, you know, Marvel stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, a trailer you can check out. All right. uh, let's see. Also happening this week, EA did something that's pretty different for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed off a game early, and not in the sense of like what they've done at E3, where they show off like uh, uh, you know concept art mm-hmm. that is very kind of uh, devoid of context for anything that's going on. Yeah, uh, or like BS kind of CG trailers that don't show anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Dead Space remake, they showed off. Uh, quite a bit of stuff show off how the the lighting has been improved, uh, the VFX and some stuff like that. How the gra- the, the graphics look pretty nice mm-hmm. uh, here, as well as the dismemberment technology for the Necromorphs. Yeah, so much so that you can see the bones underneath the skin as you rough them up. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff and break off their bits that you can use to throw at other uh, aliens. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of check that uh, stream out if you want to see that. It's like about an hour or so. Yeah. Stuff. Kind of neat uh, thing they're doing, showing this game off pretty early, especially, mm-hmm. I guess, probably something of a, you know, let's show them this stuff so they can actually understand, like, what we can do with this game. Yeah. It, it, part of it is just because I think EA kind of knows that uh, there's a bit of uh, bad blood involved uh with uh EA and the Dead Space franchise considering that uh you know they forced the original developers to add more and more uh terrible features that essentially made the game undersell and killed the company. So Yeah and I th- also think I've seen a lot of people talk about like 
those Dead Space games haven't really aged that well, uh, poorly. Uh, don't really need a remake of a thing that came out, yeah. you know. The first two, especially, uh, have aged very well. Yeah, and so the third so, one is a lump of shit. Don't even bother. Yeah, I think part of this was shown like, no, there's actually a lot we can do to add to the atmosphere and make the game, you know, potentially even scarier. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, kind of need to kind of just show off this like tech demo stuff. Mm hmm. Because, yeah, it is still pretty early. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of bits where they're just showing off, like, simple uh, level geometry for, you know, trying out the dismemberment stuff. You know, outside of the the visual stuff they're showing off, uh, the rest of it is kind of very, you know, boilerplate stuff that they're doing just to try out animation stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's something neat there. And I'll talk about a uh, Kojima thing. It's pretty yeah. fun as he's been just talking lately about working on uh, Death Stranding, uh, especially uh, with the trailer stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about here, Mads Mikkelsen, sort of pitching a new game for him that he wanted him to potentially star in mm-hmm. that uh, goes some places. Let's see. Mm-hmm. I have a number of ideas that I want to create with Mads as the main character. Mm-hmm. I once explained one of them to Mads. He listened intently, but when I told him the title, he broke his face. He seemed to think I was joking. I was serious, though. The tenant title was Mads Max. <clears throat> ah, never change, Kojima. Never change. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The... That is absolutely his type of... That is absolutely something he would do. Yeah, that's... uh. That's the sort of name he would come up with. Yeah. Seriously, if you don't, if you're not subscribed to Kojima's Twitter feed, you absolutely must. He is a treasure. <laughs> yeah, and he's even talked about how, you know, using the term director's cut for the game really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because uh, that was his vision for the original game. Mm-hmm. And obviously, this is still with just adding more stuff to it. Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, talks about a lot about the the movies and such that he gets and watches mm-hmm. and enjoys. Uh, I mean, that's his first love, you know. Yeah, he still goes and watches a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to the big hot button topic of the day. Uh, well, we got a couple actually, but yeah, this is the first one. Well, this one's for today. Yeah, specifically. This guy, <laughs> the president of Tripwire Interactive, yep. decided to tweet today, uh, I guess this might have been yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, John Gibson tweeting that he was proud of the U.S. Supreme Court affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat. As an entertainer, I don't get political often. It was so many vocal peers on the other side of this issue. I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. Uh, the the weird thing when seeing this is that I was I did not realize uh, Tripwire was an American developer. Yeah, because they Especially they're very kind of Euro janky, aren't they? Their games. Yeah. Are, uh, for yeah, those who don't know, Tripwire. Just... Yeah, Tripwire. For those who don't know, they're behind uh, the uh, Red Orchestra and Killing Floor franchise. And either most recently. Yeah, it's like uh, at least those first two games are much like. 
Oh, you guys are must be in like Eastern uh, Europe. Must be like you know Poland or Hungary, maybe. Yeah, that's very much their aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nope, they're in Georgia. I think his. No, actually, I'm pretty. Sh- yeah, I think they're headquartered in Georgia. Actually, you're right. Let me. Yeah, their accounts. His account says Roswell, Georgia. Yeah, let me let me check if that's where they're located. Uh, yeah, they're in Roswell. That's right. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, what? Okay, yeah. When I mentioned this in the 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 group chat, and Lee was like, oh, I've sold cell phones to him. Mm. He seems like an asshole. <laughs> also, like, oh. you're talking about you're a pro-life game developer. Dude, have you looked at the games that you develop? Yeah, Maneater, yeah. Killing Floor. Red Orchestra. Like... Yeah, though... We know that's just a fake buzzword yeah. uh, term for what they want. As mm-hmm. people noted uh, the other day, like, pull out the, the George Carlin bit from the 90s. Yeah, if you haven't right. seen there's an old, like, uh, George Carlin bit, uh, routine from a special he did back in, I think it was the late, ni- mid to late 90s, where he talks about the, the abortion topic and... Uh, as is always the case with Carlin, he was a good 10, 15 years ahead of his time at any given point in his life. Uh, yeah. He absolutely was knocking it out of the park then. But also, you know, just the simple fact that, and this has now become uh, kind of something that they're starting to realize they fucked up with. Uh, the whole law is based on pseudoscience because there is no heartbeat for a child at six weeks. Yeah, there's not really a child yet. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that that's a completely separate issue here. The fact, the fact of the matter is, even if it was a child, there's still no heartbeat. Any kind yeah. of heartbeat or cardiographic activity you get is not from the fetus. It comes from the fucking machine that is used to measure it. Yeah. Uh, most babies, most... Uh, children do not begin to process or show any kind of cardiographic uh, activity until 10 weeks at least. Yeah. And they show cerebral activity much later. Yeah. And yeah, this guy decided like, you know what? I'm going to fuck up my entire company's reputation. Yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of dudes at his company is like, Dude, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's certainly gotten a lot of attention mm-hmm. uh, from various people in the industry. Yeah. Uh, Corey Barlog responded saying, Jesus, fuck, man, really? Yeah. We're all about this fucked Texas bounty law that pushes closer to some kind of Gilead dystopian religious state. Really? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck, man? Seriously, how can anyone be proud of claiming dominion over women's personal freedoms? Yeah. By the way, fun fact, uh, Fox News has almost said absolutely nothing about this. Yeah, they've barely mentioned the word abortion since this law passed. Yeah, they barely even talked about Texas, unless it had to do with something COVID-related. Because yeah. uh, they grossly overestimated the kind of support that this would have. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's a hell of a thing, and of course, you know, making yourself the the mark of this uh, this movement that people you know look mm-hmm. into 
uh, their past. And I've seen people tell me, like, oh, yeah, I used to be a mod on the Tripwire forums mm-hmm. and got into discussions with him mm-hmm. about, you know, him unbanning or, yeah, like he was, this is like right before the election in 2016. Yeah. So this guy being a Trumper, oh, he very right. much jumped on uh, one of the mods about things like, man, you bought the left wing media's lies, hook, line, and sinker. Mm. And he's, you know, giving reasonable fact-based arguments, mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. It also brings up how, you know, one guy that uh, kept getting banned from the forums because he was extremely racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that guy kept going back in and unbanning him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a dozen times, at least. That kind of stuff. So I'm like, oh yeah, that's... Uh, he's, he defends himself as far as the racist thing. Uh, talking about the, the president being, or the president-elect being supported, endorsed, and cheered by the KKK. Uh, mm-hmm. How that is all going on. Yeah. And he's like, oh, are you trying to insinuate that I'm racist or Nazi fanboy or racist because I had you guys unban that person? It's a pretty big stretch uh, there. It's like, it's like, no, not that too, not that, not that terribly big of a stretch, dude. Yeah, and then he like, goes, if you're like, willing to go all in, like you know, put yourself on the line for this douchebag. You know, you may not necessarily be racist, but your priorities are fucked. Yeah. I was like, if you think I'm a racist, you check out my church. The church I go to every week has an African-American pastor. Uh, Talking to African-American boys, my daughter's friends, has crushes on, and I'd be happy to have her date. So whatever narrative you've created around who I am is extremely far from the truth. Then that means you're a hypocrite. It's the black, it's the black friend argument. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, if you're actually really cool, then you're supporting the wrong people, you idiot. Because they hate them... Uh, to such a degree that you shouldn't want to be associated with that. Yeah. But, yeah, there's that. It's like Gary Newman came out in support of this guy. Basically, like, oh, how can we uh, proclaim to be supportive of ideas if we try to shut down somebody who has different ideas? And it's like, not because he has different ideas, it has he has shitty ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, supporting something that is pretty much against women's rights yeah. entirely. Uh, but yeah, if you're wondering about actual consequences for the company, mm-hmm. well, that has happened. Uh, one of the companies that they've partnered with, Shipwright Studios, mm-hmm. that does like co-development work with them, uh, announced that they are going to be canceling all contracts with Tripwire Interactive uh, as soon as they can. Yeah, saying good job. While poli- yeah, saying while your politics are your own. The moment you make them mm-hmm. a matter of public discourse, you entangle all of those working for and with you. They have worked closely alongside the talented and passionate developers at Tripwire and your partners for the last three plus years. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for employees to speak up or act out in these scenarios, and they may not feel comfortable to speak their minds. It is regrettable, but we feel it would be doing ourselves, your employees, your partners, and the industry as a whole. It is service allow this pattern to continue yeah. without comment. Uh, we, stand, we started Shipwright with the idea that it was finally time Put our money where our mouth is. We cannot in good conscience continue to work with Tripwire under the current leadership structure. Yeah. It will begin the cancellation of all our existing contracts effective immediately. And also, don't worry about people trying to boycott them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've seen people like, oh, it's not actually going to affect him. Uh, so all you're doing is punishing yourselves. Like, here's the thing. 
the people that work there that you know have no say in any of this stuff, guess what? They get paid a salary. Yeah. Unless he's doing some illegal bullshit like withholding the salary until you know the game is done and basing how much you get on how well it does. Mm-hmm. Like nobody does that, I don't think. You get paid what you're supposed to. The yeah. bonuses don't get paid out if the game doesn't do well, but also mm. uh, I'd imagine people know when that's going to happen or not. Yeah. Generally, they can see the quality of the game and be like, oh, that should do well. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't do well. Uh, that kind of stuff. And guess what? This sort of thing probably makes some of them mm-hmm. think like, oh, I need to take a look at what jobs are open nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they have agency to figure out a better situation for them mm-hmm. themselves. So, yeah, congrats, Tripwire Interactive. You put yourselves on a list for people to easily block yourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, refuse to buy your games or go on Steam and just put them on an ignore list so that uh, it'll warn you ahead of time if you're looking at any games. Like, oh, this is a game on uh, that this company has made and you've told us you want to block them. Mm-hmm. So, congrats, guys! You did a great job of tanking your company's uh, yeah. prospects for the future, as far as politicizing your entire company mm-hmm. for no real reason. Yeah. So again, he did not have to tweet this out uh, yeah. in such a way to very much make his opinion well known. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's the end of it. I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. Yeah. So it's not him displaying his personal opinions. Being like, oh, if you disagree, that's fine. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He very much wanted to put his stake in there in a very divisive topic. Mm-hmm. So congrats. Yeah. Enjoy that. Uh, but let's get to a couple events. Talk about some good things that happened. Uh yeah, there's three events that happened last week. Pretty small uh, indie game events. So yeah. Nothing really too huge here, but I figured it'd be nice to look at uh, some of the games here that yeah, uh, you can check out. There's Asobu, which is a Japanese yeah. indie uh, showcase. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of games here. Let's see. There is uh, Opus Echo of Starsong. I think that is a narrative-driven adventure game that's kind of Done really well in Japan, but not so much in the West. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think they're hoping this newest game can kind of get people into it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it just came out for PC and mobile releases planned for the future. Yeah. I think it'll be coming to the consoles at some point, but Mm -hmm. there's that. Uh, There's Astria Ascending, which we know is coming to uh, all the consoles and PC here on September 30th. Mm -hmm. So you can check that out. There is Chikaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pixel art platformer. Uh, yeah, yeah, 2D platform wherein you're forced to use out of body experiences to solve puzzles and progress. Mm-hmm. Not released it yet, but Switch and PC. Mm. That's where it's going. There's Craftopia. Yeah. Which is like an early access game on Steam that is, you know, one of those kind of, I don't know, it seems like a very weird kind of, uh, I guess it's crafting. I don't know. The screenshot they use is a bit from there where they have a conveyor belt with cows on it dumping it into like a stew pot. Yeah. That's like, okay, this is weird. I yeah. think it just came on Game Pass. 
So you it can also seems it like you lose a lot of assets that look vaguely Zelda Breath of the Wild-ish. I guess. It's a weird-looking game. Yeah, it's really odd-looking. I have to check out the, the Game Pass version and see, see what's yeah. up with that. But uh, let's see, there's also Eastward, which is also mm-hmm. coming out soon, September 16th for Switch and PC. It's yeah, sort of the- that is a game I'm particularly excited to play. Um, yeah, Earthbound S. Mostly because it game. just looks so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see, it was OU. Yeah. Uh, which has some really nice art. It's hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like a flip book, I think, kind of art style. Yeah. Uh, an adventure game replays a child navigating a picture book that has its pages all out of order. Mm-hmm. So a lot of opportunity for weird cuts to the next section. Yeah. And your sidekick is a magical opossum. Mm-hmm. Or is that just pop? Yep. I forget if that's the thing that people misspell a lot, but uh, let's see. There's the sold out with twin arms. Mm-hmm. 2.5D side-scrolling game. Plays a woman with two mechanical arms who then uses those arms to pummel giant robots to smithereens. So that's neat. All right, so yeah, that's the Sobu. Some neat stuff there for Japanese-focused indie games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one here is Hub World 2021, a showcase of 3D platformers mm-hmm. from indie devs. Uh, there's a few here that are shown off, but it's a 40-minute showcase if you want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, there's Zera Myths Awaken, yeah, which is a PS1-style platformer that's... Uh, Probably stylistically resembles Spiral the Dragon because mm-hmm. it started out as a Spiral fan game. Yeah. But has spun out into its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can play an early access version of the game on itch.io. Yep. It's like a name your own price kind of thing, so you can mm-hmm. check that out. Uh, let's see. There's Hell Pie, mm-hmm. colorful action platformer featuring a chained up ugly little angel. Mm-hmm. And a cool-looking demon working together to fight baddies and traverse various mm-hmm. levels. So, describes itself as a filthy 3D platformer. So, mm-hmm. there's that. That's out later this year on Steam. Uh, let's see. There's Frog Gun. Frog Gun. Mm-hmm. F-R-O-G-U-N. It's another game is PS1 style. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, features a frog that you use as a grappling gun in, bo- in, in boss fights. Mm-hmm. Coming to consoles and PCs sometime next year. Mm-hmm. There's Silo Sybil. Uh, yeah, a retro take on Crash Bandicoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer touts how difficult it will be. Uh, so that could be a cause for concern, but there's a demo on Steam right now, so you can check that out. Mm-hmm. See how it is. So, yeah, some of the games there. Neat looking. Yeah. If you're into 3D platformers and want to see like what's on. Uh, the horizon for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see. Indie Houses Direct is the other event that happened. Uh, that was the sort of uh, partnership between mm-hmm. seven indie publishers, Raw Fury, Akupara Games, Fellow Traveler, Neon Doctrine, those awesome guys, Whitehorn, Whitehorn Games, and Toge Productions to have like their own little like Steam sale event kind of thing, uh, as well as a, you know, a showcase, an hour-long presentation that features 35 game announcements from various things that they're working on. Mm-hmm. So you can check out that uh, video, but also, you know, some of the other stuff they, the, the highlight stuff they have here, like Glitch Hikers, mm-hmm. The Spaces Between, uh, let's see, 
feels like one of those amazing podcasts that tells creepy ass stories you can never find again after you listened following on from an experimental 2014 game made by developers Silverstring silver string media yeah spaces between is going to tell an uncanny surreal tale of peculiar journeys it looks cool as hell in the trailer that's out next year mm-hmm. there's legend of panding uh side-scrolling platform beat-em-up the mm-hmm. gorgeous looking cartoon style all sorts of leapy choppy action as they describe it looks a bit like streets of rage but with some interesting looking combat techniques mm-hmm. that's out october 27th on steam uh let's see beacon pines mm-hmm. uh, that is a third person narrative led game which is discovery charms can be placed on a book that rewrite the story as you play it uh yeah seems neat uh, they have a successful kickstarter is supposed to be out next year uh, let's see, Princess Farmer. Uh, yeah, it's a farming puzzle game about befriending rabbits. A uh, bit of a weird kind of mixture, but uh, that's out later this year on Steam. Looks kind of neat for what it is. Uh, let's see, Devilated, uh, a super brutal FPS, you know, inspired by Quake. Uh, very gruesome. Features bullet time. Uh, early access build on Steam. Console version is coming next year. So you can check that out. Uh, let's see, Dream Cycle from the co-creators of Tomb Raider. Uh, Arcraft designer Toby Gard. Dream Cycle is a creepy first-person exploration of the Dreamlands. It says it lets you use stealth, traps, and spells alongside brute force to approach the game in your own preferred style. Yeah, so that's, that's neat. Uh, it's coming to early access next week, so you can check that out. Uh, gone viral. Uh, just came out of early access. A roguelite brawler created by former AAA devs who worked on games like Wildstar and City of Heroes. So that is out on Steam now. There's Kana Quest, which is a Japanese language learning game. Uh, snuck into the show. Uh, yeah, released a demo uh, for the first time. A puzzle game designed to teach you Japanese letters. Currently half price. So there's that. Uh, let's see, yeah, Lake is the last one on here, which just came out on the first. Uh, yeah, so I mentioned that earlier, so there's that. That's out now. Uh, some neat stuff there. Yeah, some uh, legitimately uh, good indie projects there. Yep. Uh, let's see. Let's get to our last bit of stories. Take two, being an asshole about GTA fan projects. Because of course they are. Yeah, so they have sued the people working on that uh, reverse engineering project for the GTA 3 games. Yeah. Like GTA 3 and Vice City were the ones that they had finished. Yeah. At this point, uh, making them playable on a variety of platforms that you could hack, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, maybe conflicting with Take Two's interest. And selling those games onto those platforms. Um, Because there's a rumor that has been going around that seems legit, but hasn't been announced yet, that they're doing a GTA remastered trilogy of GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. Yeah, That's supposed to be coming out this year uh, for, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, and maybe PC as well. Mm -hmm. That seems like it would be some sort of souped-up version. Of those games, yeah, for graphics and all that, but 
uh, probably the same mechanics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're not uh, too happy at any sort of project that might uh, make it uh, easy or harder for them to sell these things. Which mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're three of the iconic GTA games that yeah would be hard for people to turn down. Yeah, I mean, those are the uh, I mean. For God's sakes, GTA 3 itself, I mean, just look at the insane impact it's had on modern gaming alone by itself. Yeah. So like yeah the, there, uh... there is like a distinct timeline where you can say like, this is gaming before GTA 3 and this is gaming after GTA 3. Yep. That was even their first 3D open world game. Nope. They, they had, had Midnight Run. Yeah. Yeah. They had Midnight Run, and they had the Smuggler's Run. Those are sort yeah. of open-world racing games, driving games kind of things. Yeah. Uh, uh, stuff like that. Then GTA 3 came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. Sort of changed everything. Yep. Like, that. that is, like, one of the first game video games I remember where... I mean, obviously, there's been, like, small gaming references in mainstream media, popular media forever, but that is, like, the first, like, legit video game I can remember, you know, non-sports related that became, like, a genuine cultural phenomenon, at least in my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, one of the first big controversial games, at least after that uh, mid-90s push for uh, the Sega stuff. Well, no, there had been, you know, there was the the controversy that came out after Columbine. So yeah, but that wasn't necessarily tied around to specific games that uh really big. And that kind of followed in the like the the whole big thing with Congress where it was like, oh Doom and uh I forget what the other game was, the FMV game. Uh, well, Doom wasn't around then, but it was. Well, I mean, yeah, Doom was around, but it was under the radar. You're thinking of like Night Trap and Night Trap, Mortal yeah. Kombat, and Lethal Enforcers and Time Killers, yeah. because it was always the same four fucking games. Yeah, yeah, that were fairly tame for what they were. Yeah, by modern standards, especially. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's that. Uh, the other one is a GTA Underground mod is shut down after six years of work on it mm-hmm. because Take Two has just become increasingly hostile about uh, threatening them with lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, this mod was a mod for GTA San Andreas mm-hmm. that had the goal of merging all previous GTA maps into one mega environment. Mm hmm. Mod even aimed to bring other cities from non-GTA games developed by Rockstar and San Andreas, like Bully and Manhunt, into the into that game as well, which is yeah a ridiculous thing to try to do. But they were trying to do it. Yeah, they had you know had multiple takedown notices from uh, Take Two, uh, even to the point that they got uh, the mod taken off of. I think Mod DB, one of the big mm-hmm. mod uh, uh, distribution sites out there. Mm-hmm. So Take Two kind of, you know, kneecapped it a good bit. Uh, yeah, but they finally gave up here, unfortunately. Uh, you know, 
finally got the got their way. So that is unfortunately mm-hmm. another thing that Take Two is sort of forced out of there. Mm-hmm. Not part of the the trilogy collection that they're looking to put out, or just getting shown up by some modders here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but you know that's uh, uh, the sad part of working on mods for games like that mm-hmm. that are not really PC centric games. Uh, I think those first two games are more PC centric, but uh, once you got to GTA Three, those more console games and. Take Two has become fiercely protective of uh, those games since then. Uh, even though I think GTA Five has a lot of mods in GTA Four, that I don't think they police as much as they've done for some of these older games. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of the a sad way to end this week's show. But you know, yeah. sometimes that's how it goes. Yep. Take Two wants their money. Because mm-hmm. GTA Online is not enough for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's uh, there's the show for this week. We'll be back next week with uh, yep. a new slate of news. Thank you to Brandon for joining this week. Hopefully have Dan next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll know what is announced for that PlayStation Showcase by next time. Yeah. Uh, we'll have updates for Game Pass and PlayStation Now. Mm-hmm. As some probably some new release stuff as things mm-hmm. start unloading uh, out there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll be back next week with the new show. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and have a good one.